save the introverts from the room and end the talking. Thanks for hanging in there with us, introverts. It's good to talk to to others. Um, We are coming off this series uh, called How to Hear God. And I, I don't know about you, the series blessed me. I hope it blessed you, and I hope it stretched you a little bit. Because part of what we are here for is not just to come to a church service and, and not just to sing some songs and then go home and go about our life as normal, as, as routine as possible. Uh, like our goal is to come in here and encounter Jesus and be transformed slowly. Uh, maybe it happens all at once, but oftentimes it happens week by week, day by day. My hope and my prayer is that as we gather, it actually helps train us to how to live our faith out in our daily walk. So as we walk through a series, How to Hear God, it's not just about how to hear God in here, it's how do I take this message, and on Monday, how do I structure my life so that there's some place in which I leave some space so that I am available to hear from God? Tuesday, what's my day look like? What moment in the day do I structure my time, take a moment to give space to focus and hear from God? It's Wednesday. Uh, What point in the day am I going to read through some scripture and study it? It's Thursday. That's when I go to small group and I go to this thing called a life group where I actually do life with other people and we read scripture together and we talk about it. And it's such a rich and fulfilling time. It's beautiful, a beautiful time of community and studying the word together. And as we study the word together, Jesus and the Holy Spirit speak through it. It's Friday. How do I structure my day? So the tiredness and exhaustion that I feel through living through this week doesn't bury me, but it drives me to spend time with my father. It's Saturday. How how do I rest? How do I just spend time not producing, not... Like, how do I get off the hamster wheel and just rest and let Jesus form my identity, let Jesus form my priorities, let Jesus form my wants and my desires? And it's Sunday. How do I come together with a community of believers and worship Jesus? See, my hope and my prayer is that this isn't just church. Like, this is where you, we are trained to be in relationship with Jesus and follow him. And I think it's accurate because we're walking into the Christmas season. Advent officially started a couple weeks ago in the church calendar. We are beginning a couple sermons on Advent as we lead up to Christmas. Advent is a season of preparing our hearts, preparing our minds, preparing our lives for the arrival of Jesus. And we celebrate Jesus. We take a moment and we pause and we clear everything out to go, Jesus, you are coming. I'm going to take some time and I'm going to celebrate what you have done in the past. I'm going to take some time and celebrate what you are currently doing. And I'm going to take some time and celebrate what you will We know about preparing, right? We prepare for Christmas. You're probably preparing for Christmas right now. 
getting the Christmas list out, figuring out your plans, making your travel plans, figuring out whose house am I going to go to, how am I going to survive this house, how am I going to survive this day, what Christmas presents am I going to, what traditions are we going to do as a family, like what things do I really love in this season? So I just want to encourage us, let's prepare our hearts and our minds in worship for Jesus, along with all the other preparation. I, I love Christmas. I love this season. I think it's interesting. We, we just got done hearing, how do we hear from God? And then we're going to start talking about a, the Christmas story. And what's the backbone of the Christmas story? Yes, Jesus being born, yes, you are right. That is the right Sunday school answer. But the backbone of it is that there were 400 years of silence. That the people of God did not officially, in a recorded way, hear from God. And then in the beginning of the Christmas story, we have angels coming on the scene as God's messengers, delivering the good news to people. It's, it's this moment, this beautiful moment where there was silence and, and the people were waiting, the people were hoping, the people were expecting God to show up but didn't know how. And then God started communicating, sending angels, hey, it's happening. What you've been waiting for, what you've been hoping for is now happening. He comes to Joseph and by an angel. Hey, hey, Joseph, your fiance is going to give birth to a son. He's like, what? I don't think that's possible. Well, I know this is difficult to understand, but, but be ready because she's going to give birth to a son that's going to save the people from their sins. An angel comes to Zechariah as he's in the temple worshiping the priest Zechariah and shows him, it tells him, your wife is going to be pregnant. I know you're old. I know you've been trying for a long time, Zechariah. But you and Elizabeth, you're going to have a baby. And that son that you're going to have is going to pave the way for Jesus. And I love Zechariah's response. How can I be sure about this? And the angel goes, soup. You ain't going to talk anymore. You're not going to ruin what I have in motion, Zechariah. So you can just be quiet. You can read the story if you don't know what I'm talking about. You can just be quiet, go home, be a good husband, support your pregnant wife, and all will be good. The angel comes to Mary and says, you're going to, be, you're going to give birth to a son that's going to be called great and will be called the son most high. Her response, how can this be? Notice the difference between Zechariah's response and her response. Her response gets an answer from the angel. I know this is confusing. I know this is awkward. I know this is weird because things haven't happened yet that would naturally lead to these kinds of things. But here's what's going on, Mary. And she explodes in this beautiful song of praise and worship. We're entering the season where the backbone of it is people hearing from God. And so the invitation, how are we going to hear from God this Christmas season? What, what does God want to show you? What does God want to tell you? How does God want to be there for you in whatever it is you're going through? 
I was talking to a friend uh, this week, and we were talking about life, we were talking about relationships, we were talking about jobs, we were talking about everything. Uh, and this friend uh, doesn't follow Jesus per se. And it, I found it very interesting because the conversation kept circling around one thing. And that one thing, that one question that it kept circling around was, essentially, how do I find peace? How do I find peace? I got this job, and it's going okay, and it's going well, and I'm working. I got these relationships I'm trying to chase after. I'm, I'm trying to figure out who's the right one, all this stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to have these friendships and these other relationships, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to do life and, and how to be an adult and, and all these things that I'm trying to figure out. And the conversation kept rolling back to essentially the question, how do you have peace? How do you have peace? How would you even define peace? See, it's not abnormal for people to be walking around going, oh, I'm so busy. How you doing? Busy. (laughs) Busy, real busy. Cool. I don't even know how to respond to that. I guess I'm busy too. I'm worrying so much about this. I'm worrying so much about my kid who's seemingly kind of maybe heading off in the wrong direction. I'm worried about my family. I'm worried about my parents. I'm anxious. There are things that are out of my control and I am anxious. I'm worried about what this people, what this person thinks. I'm anxious about this situation. I'm anxious about not having enough. I'm anxious about having too much. I'm struggling mentally. I'm struggling with my own thoughts and my addictions. I'm struggling because I feel numb in life. And I think if you boil all those things down, it comes down to this question, how do we find peace? I think we usually define peace culturally is that when everything is going well in life, right? That's usually how we define peace. The dictionary actually defines peace as freedom from disturbance or tranquility. Freedom from disturbance or tranquility. That's a beautiful definition, is it? It seems a little like light. (laughs) Like that's culturally a lot of times when we say we are full of peace. When, when there's freedom from some disturbance, some stress, when there's, when there's everything is basically going well. And I think what we're usually after is what I would actually call situational peace. Situational peace is when my relationship with my spouse is drama-free and everything is good. Every, we're enjoying every second of it and there's no drama, no stress, no awkward conversations. That's when I have peace. Don't look at your spouse. Peace is when I have enough money to take care of the things that I think I need. When I have enough money to take care of my hobbies, to take care of my bills, to take care of the things that I want to do in life, that's when I have peace financially. 
peace mentally is when I'm free from anxiety and, f- and free from worry and there's not much going on that I'm really stressing about. My relationship with my kids are good. We generally like each other. Therefore, we have peace. My job is going well. I, I like it. I get paid enough. That's when I have peace. It's when we're free from disturbance and when our tranquility is not sacrificed. And the interesting thing about situational peace is what? It's situational, right? So it's this like flimsy thing that we're holding on to. If I can arrange everything in the right way to give me the life that I want, that's when I have peace. And even in situational peace, there's times when you have enough money, but you don't quite have enough money. And so there's, you're, you're full of peace, but that's going to change soon. Because you want more. Situational peace doesn't last. Like situational peace is good. I like not having much disturbance. I like tranquility. But how often do we get to live in that state? How often does that state last? That's why I call it situational, because it's very much based on the situation you are currently in, and that situation will likely change tomorrow. And then what happens to your peace? Gone. You're back to the worry, back to the anxiety, back to the tension, back to the... I I don't know about you, but I desperately need a peace that is there when I'm struggling. A peace that exists when I have questions and doubts. A peace that exists when circumstances in my life are challenging my faith. I need peace when I'm anxious. I need peace when I'm worried. I need peace when I'm insecure. I need peace when this relationship isn't going well. I need peace when there's tension over here. I need peace when my job isn't going well. How do you get that peace? What even is that peace? Turn with me to Isaiah 26. The book of Isaiah uh, was written. Uh, Isaiah was a prophet sent by God to the people, to God's people, in order to turn their minds and their hearts back to God. See, the people of Israel, God's people, were walking away from him. It's kind of the theme of the Old Testament that God shows up to his people, says, hey, I'm your God, I'm going to provide for you, you're my kids, trust in me. And then sooner or later, uh, usually sooner, those people start to look towards other idols, other things other than God, start to fill their lives with other things, start to chase after other things other than God, and it's this repeated cycle where then God sends a prophet to go, hey, come back to me. 
what you're chasing after won't satisfy you. Come back to me because I will. Come back to me and follow me. Come back to me. And there's a cycle. And so Isaiah was written as a plea to the people to come back to God. Isaiah was also writing to the people of God in a time of fear, in a time of unsettledness, a time when they were in exile. In Isaiah 26, verse 1. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. Isaiah is saying, this is what's going to happen. We have a strong city. God makes salvation its walls and ramparts. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the nation that keeps faith. You will keep perfect peace to him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. He humbles those who dwell on high. He lays the lofty city low. He levels it to the ground and casts it down into the dust. Feet trample it down in the feet of the oppressed, the footsteps of the poor. This is a song that he is kind of saying, he's prophesying. He's saying this song will be sung in the future as God's plans unfold. What word do you notice in these verses that may be relevant to what I'm talking about? You guys are quiet today. You got to work on this. So peace, read verse three with me. Verse three, you will keep perfect peace Peace, whose mind is steadfast because he trusts you. You will keep perfect peace, whose mind is steadfast because he trusts you. This word peace is shalom in the Old Testament. And this word peace means complete. It means wholeness. We see this word shalom throughout the entire Bible from the beginning until the end. And the basic meaning of shalom is wholeness. Completeness. It means I've got everything that I need. I am whole. I am complete. Not lacking anything. It means that everything is restored. Everything is whole. It means the broken pieces are put back together. It means what's been fractured has been put back together. It means what's been missing has been found and made whole again. This word peace we see it throughout the entire scriptures. Some examples, Luke 2.13. What does the angel say to the shepherds? Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeal, uh, appear, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on, peace, uh, on earth peace to men in whom his favor rests. Jesus' birth was the arrival of shalom, the arrival of peace. Jesus is what restores. Jesus is what makes whole again. 
John 14, 27, Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives, brackets, situational peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus restores in his arrival, his life, death, and resurrection, the wholeness between God and humans, Colossians 1.20, through him to reconcile himself to all things, whatever, all things on earth or things in heaven by making peace, shalom, through his blood shed on the cross. It says, you were once far from Jesus, far from God, and through him you are brought close. How do we get this peace? You're like, yeah, yeah, situational peace, I get it. I understand that. I live it every day. But how do I get peace that transcends the situation? How do I get peace that's richer, that's fuller? Go back to Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep perfect, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast. Because he trusts in you. Steadfast, fixed, focused on. What does it say? You will keep perfect peace when your mind is steadfast, when your mind is focused, when your mind is fixed on your problems. Does it say that? When your mind is fixed on your bank account. When your mind is fixed on what you can't do, when your mind is fixed on the news and political things, political ideologies, when your mind is fixed, what does it say? He gets perfect peace when his mind is steadfast, when his mind is fixed, when his mind is focused on Jesus, on him. That word, fixed, steadfast, means to lean on completely. To fully rest on. You'll have perfect peace when you completely and fully rest on Jesus. When you're focused on him, when you're relying on him, when you're trusting in him, the shalom of God, the peace of God will be with you. Turn with me to Philippians 4. I love this because Paul essentially talks about the same thing and lays it out for us a little differently. Paul writes this letter to his church that he planted And he's encouraging them. And in Philippians 4, verse 4, he begins by saying, Rejoice in the Lord always, whether things are going your way or not, whether life is great or whether it's a struggle. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the what? Peace of God, which transcends all other understanding. I should be anxious. I should be worried. Life is a grind. Life is a struggle. But I'm in everything by prayer and petition. Have my mind, my thoughts steadfast, fixed on Jesus. I don't understand why you're full of peace right now. Yet neither do I. Because life is literally falling apart around me. But my mind is fixed on Jesus. And so I'm filled with this peace. This wholeness. The completeness. Because I'm relying on him. I'm trusting on him. And I have faith that he's got it. Which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. I love that. Will guard your hearts and your minds. Finally, Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of what? Peace will be with you. So how do we gain that peace? I think it's a matter of focus. It's a matter of where your mind's at. I want to invite you, take a week, or even a day, in just every situation, every single thing that kind of disrupts the peace within you, Just actively capture it and give it to Jesus. Whatever that looks like for you. Ah, Jesus, I just looked at the bank account. It's not full. More empty than full. Uh, That's starting to invade my peace. I I feel this like tension, this stress rising up. You you feel it rising up in you. Jesus, I, I know you are in control of all finances. You are in control of everything. I trust in you. I'm relying on you. And just take note. What happens to your peace level throughout the day or throughout the week? Because I think Scripture is true. That when we're focused on Him, that's the source of our peace. So what kind of peace do you have in your life? Is it situational? Or does it come from Jesus? If you're anything like me, you're probably like, it's a mixture of both, right? What do you need to change in your focus this week? We need to change what you're looking at. Maybe TikTok, Instagram, Reels, 
All the things are not helping your peace. They're actually taking away your focus. Maybe your area of growth is is becoming more disciplined in your thoughts, of capturing your thoughts, in bringing them before Jesus, giving them to Jesus in real time. Maybe maybe your area of growth is, is just more prayer and focus, reading scripture, or carving out space for just to listen to Jesus and be with Jesus. So I want to do something this morning. It's a, it's a little different, uh, but we're going to roll with it. Um, worship team's going to come up, uh, and we have uh, people that are going to be standing around the room uh, that are here to pray for you. And, and this is what I, I want to invite us to do. These people, uh, that's worship team, uh, people standing around the room, uh, they are normal people just like you. There's nothing special about those people except they said, yes, I would love to pray for people. Um, we, we've kind of been leaning into prayer over this last series. And uh, I heard a story from someone um, that talked about a friend uh, that, that was a Jesus follower. Life was stressful, and, and, and life was kind of chaotic. Um, and, and she went to church. Like, she's a mature Christian and all that stuff. Like, she went to church, and, and they had people to pray for her for people in the congregation and she was hesitant she didn't want to get up and go get prayer because she she didn't want people to look at her she didn't want to cause a commotion she thought maybe maybe people think i'm weak if i go up and ask for prayer and I'd like to change that perception. Like, like I think as we follow Jesus, one of the hallmark things that we should do is be open to prayer. And we should ask for prayer when we need it. Because life isn't always great. And I would argue the strongest among us are the ones that ask other people for prayer. And so I want to create space here in the last 10 minutes as worship team plays. I want to invite the, the prayer team to get up and, and make your way around the room. And then I want to ask you a question. If you are struggling with peace right now, if this sermon resonated with you and through it you're going, yeah, I have situational peace, and as soon as that peace is gone, like my mind is a wreck. Or, or this situation in my life is causing me a lot of stress, a lot of turmoil, a lot of tension. I want to encourage you. Stand up and walk and get some prayer. You don't even have to say anything. Just walk up and go, will you pray for me? Yes. Even if the prayer is simple, Holy Spirit, please come. Please speak. I want to encourage you. Let's be a church that prays for one another. Let's be a church that's not afraid to go, my life is a wreck. Or this is really causing me stress. I want some prayer right now. Let's be a church 
full of strong people whose first response is prayer. And whose first response is, I will pray for you. So I want to make this as accessible as it is for anybody. If you're sitting here and you're like, there ain't no way I'm getting up out of my pew. There's too many people to climb over. Uh, There ain't no way I'm comfortable doing that. I want to invite you, just stand. And then the people around you will pray for you. All right? Can we try this? Can we lean into it? Because I don't know about you, but I could use some prayer. Because I need help fixing my mind on him, as we all do. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. I pray that you turn our hearts and our minds to you so that we can enjoy your peace. Amen. Use this time. Feel free to sing. Feel free to get up and go get some prayer. Feel free to stand. This time is to connect with Jesus. Amen.